Father, we thank you for your presence right now. And Lord, as we come to your word, Holy Spirit, we're asking you that you would speak as only you can by your awesome and mighty power. Let there be an impartation of your spirit into our hearts and to our lives today. I pray that many people, Lord, will be positioned to have an encounter, life-changing, Father, with you as a result of our service tonight. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said? All right, are you ready to give me lots of feedback tonight? This is my fifth sermon for the weekend, all right? I did one on Saturday, three this morning, that's four, one more tonight, five. So every ounce of encouragement is really going to help me tonight. All right, you okay? You up for that, church? Great. Okay, thank you. Thank you. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came in power, that incredible event And the apostles and disciples were transformed and the church was born. And God wants every one of us to have life-changing encounters with Him. It's a part of our inheritance in God. It's a part of the DNA of the church of Jesus Christ. It's a part of the, 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 the package that comes when you are saved, when Christ comes into your life. You see, encounters make God real. How many of you would like God to be even more real than He is today? <clears throat> and it delivers us from religion, which, as you know, is dead, is lifeless, is boring. The world wants nothing to do with religion. They've thrown it out the door and out the window. But they want something that is life-changing. They want something that is powerful. They want something that can transform their lives from what they are into something far better. And, uh, you know, when you encounter God, Christianity becomes the most exciting, fulfilling, adrenaline rush, you know, high life on the planet. It just beats anything else. It's uh, what the world offers with drugs and alcohol and, and success and sport and money and sex and all the rest of it. Friends, it's got nothing on a, a Christian who has had an encounter with God. It just takes us to a whole new place. My life is more exciting today than it has ever been because the more I get to know God, the more exciting my life becomes because I have found that my God is an exciting God. He's an amazing God. He's an exhilarating God. He's a fulfilling God. He's a satisfying God. The sooner you realize that the world cannot satisfy and that only God can, the sooner you'll stop chasing the world, clouds without water, you'll stop chasing dreams that never deliver, you'll stop pursuing things that leave you empty at the end of the day. We need a revelation that only Jesus satisfies the inner longings of the heart. So let's go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, and we read these words. When the day of Pentecost has fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly... Would you say that with me? Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's the day of Pentecost in in the early church. I want to take you back to the Old Testament. And 50 days after leaving Egypt, they have their Pentecost, and it's on Mount Sinai. You find this in Exodus 19, 16 to 19. I'm going to summarize it for you. Because on that day 
of Pentecost in the Old Testament, there were thunderings, there was lightning, there was a thick cloud on the mountain, there was this loud sound of a trumpet, all the people trembled, they stood at the foot of the mountain far from God, they were too scared to go near to God, and uh, the mountain was covered in smoke, the reason for that was because the Lord descended upon it in fire, this is the Old Testament, there was a lot of noise, God's voice was heard, and His glorious presence appeared on Mount Sinai. But I want you to fast forward back to the New Testament and the day of Pentecost. Because once again, the presence of God shows up with similar effects. There's a mighty wind like a storm. There's fire as it was on the mountain. There's a lot of noise. And Pentecost was, you know, the, the New Testament was an updated Pentecost. And, but it was also upgraded Because fire on Mount Sinai was only for Moses. Everyone else stood at the distance. Only Moses had an encounter with God. Only Moses got the fire of God. Only Moses experienced God's power, heard his voice, enjoyed his presence. But it's now been upgraded to the New Testament where there are now no special Christians. There's no Moses as it were. But every believer now, every Christian can have the fire of God. Every Christian can enjoy the presence of God. Every Christian can know the presence of God. Every Christian can hear the voice of God. Every Christian can enjoy the power of God and life-changing encounters with Jesus Christ to empower you to work and serve God in the marketplace, in the church, in the high schools, in the universities, in your street, wherever God has placed you. In the New Testament, encounters, power encounters are for every born-again believer. It's no longer for the selected few. It's no longer for the elite. It's no longer for the professional clergy. It's now for every born again believer. I'm telling you, encounters with God are the DNA, the inheritance of every child of Jesus Christ. Every son of God, every daughter of God. And you know that God loves to apprehend our lives. He loves to deposit something of himself in us that actually changes us and makes us more like him. Throughout scripture and all through history, we read and we see of people who had encounters with God. Maybe it's in the marketplace like Joseph and Daniel, or it might be the Apostle Paul and a more like a church. It doesn't matter where God's positioned you. You still can have encounters with God. You still need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. God has still got it for every single one of us. And one of the prophetic words for New Zealand and beyond is that people are going to be marked by God. What does that mean? It means people are going to have some kind of encounter with God that sets them apart in a more special way than they've ever experienced in the past. They're going to be shifted to another place, to another level, another dimension, to another uh, place of serving God and following hard after Him. William Booth had an experience of heaven. He'd been living a very casual life. And in this experience, I think it was a dream, he saw how he had wasted his life. And instead of fighting God's battles, instead of saving souls, he just walked casually through his life. When he had this encounter with God, listen, church, he felt sick to the stomach. He thought, what a waste of my life. And that one encounter with God 
radically transformed him. He became the great general of the Salvation Army, and they would go around the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ with the motto of blood and fire. It all began, a person who was wasting away their life, and maybe that is you tonight, but one touch from heaven can radically change your life forever. This is not only for William Booth. This is not only for those who are called to some significant thing, as it were. This is for every believer in Christ. As you're under the sound of my voice, wherever you are across the globe, whatever nation you might be listening to us in, even as I speak, I want to encourage you to believe the Spirit of God to come upon you and to give you an encounter with God. Friends, I have been sitting in services listening to, listening to a, a message, and God has impacted my life in a profound way. And that's what He has for every single one of us. So begin to expect it, begin to believe it. What about Alexander Dowie? One morning, he's at his desk in his office. Oh, man, I wish I could have been there. And apparently, the story goes, Jesus walks in. <laughs> How many of you would love that to happen to you? It might freak you out. Better make sure your life's in order, though. Okay? So he turns up and walks into the office, and he tells William Dowie, or sorry, uh, Dowie, Alexander Dowie, about the ministry that he had for him. Then he lays his hands on Dowie. And from then on, his ministry was marked by supernatural healings, and the power of God became one of the most significant healing ministries of his generation. But you know the tragedy? Is that he actually later lost his way. And the lesson in that is this, is an encounter with God is no guarantee that you're going to stay on track. Because it's a daily walk with God. So you've got to maintain that relationship on a daily basis. And we all know of people who have had great encounters with God who are no longer loving Jesus, no longer even in church, even though the encounter is that powerful. Think of, of Samson, mighty man of God. He lost his way. Judas, you know, walked with Jesus, encountered Jesus on a daily basis. He lost his way. And then, of course, there's Solomon, who, to whom God appeared twice. Twice, would you believe that? And said, you know, ask whatever you want. And he said, give me wisdom. And even though Solomon had God appear to him twice, he still fell away and ran off after women and all kinds of other things. So an encounter, as powerful as it is, is actually no guarantee you're going to stay on track either. Let's go to Exodus in chapter 3 because we see here have Moses. He had a, a wonderful encounter with God in chapter 3, verse 2 to 4. It says here, now remember, he's been out in the wilderness, out in the desert for about 40 years. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And you say, oh, well, that's great for Moses. It's never going to happen to me. Well, maybe you won't see a burning bush that doesn't cons get consumed. But you can have an encounter with the presence of God. You can meet with Jesus in a life-changing way, because I have. And if I have, then so can you. We all can. And so Moses, the angel appears to him, and the bush is not consumed. Then Moses said, I'll now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Moses had spent, messed up. He tried to fulfill God's plan for his life. He made a mess of it, kills a few people, ends up 40 years in the desert. I wonder if you've messed up. 
There was a voice on behalf of everybody in this room. I wonder if you've lost your way. I wonder if you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking, man, is there any hope? Is there any future? Can I recover from where I'm at and what I've done and where things have been? And maybe even in terms of, you may not even be serious sin, but just, you know, in your own life and what God's planned for you. And you just kind of think, man, I, I'm just so far away from it now. Well, that's where Moses was. How encouraging is that? And so then Moses encounters God in a burning bush and his lostness is restored. His call is restored. And God wants to meet with people even this very night to restore you from a lost place, to restore you from maybe a place of hopelessness or a place of defeat or a place where you just think, man, I am such a sinner. Is there any hope for me? The answer is loud and clear. Yes, there is. God came to save sinners. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. How much more now that we're saved and born again? But I want you to note something here with Moses. It's only when he stopped and he examined the burning bush that God spoke to him and changed the course of his life. Don't miss this. So this, the bush is burning. And then it says, now when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside, let's say the burning bushes over here, when he saw that Moses turned aside to examine this moment where God has turned up, then the Lord spoke to him. I believe that on a very regular basis for every one of us, whether it's home, at work, at school, whether it's in the church, that the Spirit of God is trying to get our attention. But the problem is, is often it is barely perceptible. Because it's so imperceptible, often we just let it pass by. Friends, I am learning that even at the slightest flicker of the Spirit of God, that I stop and I say, okay, Lord, what, what, are, what are you trying to say to me? And as I stop and pause, the Spirit begins to kind of increase upon me. Now, this happened to me very recently. I was in a prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago here, I think not last Thursday, the Thursday night before, and uh, a slide was put up on the screen, and it just it had in there the phrase, a move of God, a move of the Spirit, with the exact words, a move of the Spirit. And so I just started to pray a move of the Spirit. And as soon as I prayed it, I just felt something. I thought, ooh. It was very slight. It was very slight. But it was enough for me to know it was just a, a, a thousandth different from everything else. And so I stopped. And I just began to pray, a move of the Spirit. A move of the Spirit. A move of the Spirit. As I did that, I think God saw that Tark turned aside to look at this bush that was not consumed. And then God began to speak. And for the next 15 minutes, in that prayer meeting, the slides kept changing. I stayed with what the Spirit was saying to me. And I began to sense in my heart that God was saying, Tark, a move of the Spirit is now on my agenda for Church Unlimited. It was so clear after 15 minutes. But the point was this, at that first instant... It, I could hardly pick it up. And you know, I find now that in most prayer meetings, 
even in our pre-service prayer meetings, if you, if you zero in on God, if you focus in, there's going to be moments in that where you're just going to sense, oh, what was that? You know, what was that? And so often when I'm praying at home, it's that moment. I want to encourage you on a daily basis, at least once a week. I'm sure it's more than that. But at least once a week, God's trying to get your attention. What you've got to do is learn to just, that slightest whisper from heaven, grab it. You know, if you were in our second service this morning, you know, the service went much the same as the first one. Then right at the end, we just got them to sing, let it echo. And as soon as that note struck, I picked it up. I thought, wow, the Spirit has come. Now, I could have just continued the service and quickly shut it down, but we actually kept that service going because I felt the Spirit of God was moving and He was doing something and, you know, let that song go out from the city and to the nations or whatever it was. And for those of you who are here, it was a powerful few minutes in the presence of God, but we had to capture it. It was, a, it was I'd call that an encounter with God. It's an account because those moments can actually change your life. They do something. You can't be touched by God and remain the same. Because God is life, and when life comes, something has to die. Something gets replaced in your life. And you just get changed from glory to glory. See, it's little by little by little. But that's, that's all that matters. You know, some of us want some big bang, and you know, completely change. Well, people won't recognize us. You know, your wife probably won't recognize you when you go home. He might kick you out, say, who are you? You know, so it's better to change little by little. But hey, occasionally there might be a massive encounter with God. So in Genesis 32, Jacob... Is like some of us. We're not going to turn there, but he was crooked. Any, any people here who would say that historically you've been a bit crooked? Come on. Come on now. Come on. The whole lot of you were crooked, all right? Let me tell you. And some of you still are. In fact, I'm going a bit further. You're all still crooked. And so am I. Because we're not like Jesus yet, are we? So we need encounters to change us. How many of you are married to someone who's still crooked? Well, my wife's hand went up pretty high. This was the first hand to go up. <laughs> I noticed there was only women that raised their hands. Why is that? <laughs> Come on, we're crooked. Isn't it true? There's things in us that are just not right. But he was a really crooked. He was a deceiver. He was a cheat. But then he has an encounter with God. He wrestles with this angel. Now, you're not, not going to have to do that. And God changes his name. He's no longer Jacob, a deceiver and a cheat. He's changed to Israel. And he's now become a prince with God. Here's my point. God can transform anyone. It doesn't matter how far on the wrong side of the tracks you have grown up, you've been into every sin that is possible, or maybe you've lived a good, righteous life, but you're still far from God. God can take any life and totally transform it by the power of God. You may be lost in some addiction. God can set you free and change you. John Newton was one of the vilest men 
and a sinner and a blasphemer ever to live. And he he was a a, a slave trader and all this kind of stuff. His background was so horrific. But in just a moment, God got his life. He had an encounter with the Most High. His life was transformed radically. And he was now became the writer of Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. How do you write a song like that? Well, when you've been to the ends of the earth in sin, but then you meet Christ, the living God, and your life is transformed. How many of you can believe there's encounters for God all around this place? They're going to happen, friends. There's one for you. But don't try and work out how that encounter is going to come. All right? Because God can do it in many, many different ways for all of us. He can transform rogues and cheats and sinners to make them men and women of God. And then there's Gideon, Judges chapter 6. And uh, we know that Gideon's problem was that he had a lack of confidence. You know, a lot of my life I struggled with the lack of confidence. As I was growing up, for many, many years, I was, when I started to preach, I was probably one of the most nervous people you could ever come across. My, I, my wife will tell you, when I got up to give a testimony, my knees were actually knocking. You could see them. People would tell me afterwards. they said, say, oh, great testimony. We could see your knees knocking. I said, thank you very much. It's so encouraging. But just to let you know that God has worked in my life and probably after about 15 years of preaching, I stopped being so nervous. It took a long, long, long time for me to start to feel comfortable to get up in the pulpit and to speak. But what's God, in that case, you see, it wasn't one radical encounter, but God, little by little, just changed and transformed. And Gideon was one of those lack confidence. He had a lot of fear in his life. And then God meets with him and just says to him, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And friend, that moment changed his life. And he became a great leader in the work of God and led Israel to a tremendous victory. He was this guy who thought nothing. He said, I am the least. I'm from the the smallest clan. I'm, I'm a nothing. I'm a nobody. Maybe that's you tonight. One touch. One touch from the master. He can take anybody. See, it's not your ability It's your availability. Be available to God and see what he will do. That's why prophecies are so important. Because, you know, God speaks to us not how we are. He doesn't talk to you where you are right now. He talks to you as he knows what you can be. He's always talking into your future. That's why he says things and you think, who are you talking to, God? When he's talking to you, but he can see into your future. And that's why prophetic words are so powerful. That's why the words that God gives this church are so powerful. I remember when God spoke to me and said, you know, you need to have a television ministry. I had absolutely zero faith or confidence to do that. But then I had an encounter with God on a plane, Singapore Airlines flying between Singapore and Auckland. Spirit of God came on me. He gave me the gift of faith. And that one moment of encounter, I knew that I knew we would have a television ministry and that God would use it. Now, of course, it goes in different parts of the world. But it was an encounter with God that released me into something fresh and new. And God wants you to encounter him in a fresh way. Because how many of you know that God's got so much more for you? He just has. He's got so, you, you've seen nothing yet. I know for my life, I've seen nothing yet. Now, I'm, I'm stepping into the best years of my life. You know, I'm seeing the next two to three decades as the years in which I will, by the grace of God, just see incredible things happen for Jesus. And I'm looking forward to a whole lot more encounters with him. Amy Semple McPherson was a missionary to China. 
Her husband died. and She had to care for a new baby. She got remarried, but then she let go the call of God. And there may be people here today, you've just let go the call of God. You just kind of, it's just kind of not there. It's gone. You once had it, and it's gone. She went to a church service in Ontario, and she had an encounter with God. And they say that the next 15 years, her supernatural ministry surpassed anything since the days of the apostles. One encounter with God radically transformed her life. When you have an encounter with God, one of the things it's going to do is increase your joy. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, the day of Pentecost, they all thought the apostles were drunk and the disciples were drunk. They were obviously so full of joy and they were wobbling around and people thought, man, these guys, are, what is it about these guys? And it tells us something of the excitement and the joy that they saw. The Spirit of God adds joy to our lives. There were three prospectors in California found some gold. And so they decided they're not going to tell anyone. They swore to secrecy, but they had to go back to town to get all the equipment to dig for the gold. But as they had turned around and were going back to, the, um, to, to where the gold is, everyone started following them. And the reason they're following them because their faces were glowing. And everyone realized they had found something special. And so they followed them to see what it was that they had discovered. Friends, as born-again believers who have joy of Jesus in our heart, it should cause people to follow us to discover what is it about you that puts this huge smile on your face. Tell us more about this God or this Jesus, or you can tell them about the Jesus that you serve. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. The other thing about encounters is they will empower us with more of the Spirit. You know the disciples on the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the Spirit and they turned the world upside down. And God also gave them power to handle all the challenges that they were going to face in their ministry. And you know, many Christians don't realize that there is an inner Spirit within us. The, the Holy Spirit within us uh, has... We don't realize how much power that gives us to handle all the challenges of life at work, at home, at school, in any situation. The Spirit of God in you is a match for anything the devil will throw at you. It is greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Spirit in you is a formidable force formidable for, and it doesn't matter what you're going through today, doesn't matter what the devil is throwing at you today, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God in you is more than enough, is more than equal. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, not because of who you are, but because of the God who lives in you. And I think encounters make us more aware of the incredible power of the Spirit that we have within us. One last thing that the encounters do, which happened on the day of Pentecost, is a key reason God gives encounters is what we see there, the gospel was communicated. See, God gave the gift of tongues to the apostles for one purpose, and that was to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. The mission of the church, the mission of Christians, is to communicate the good news. And if we are not careful, friends, 
We are going to neglect the most important part of being a Christian, of being a spirit-filled believer who loves to worship God. The most important thing is that we are called to expand the church by sharing the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's what New Zealand and beyond is all about. And with a heart to reach the nation, a heart to reach the nations and to communicate the gospel, we are positioned for encounters with God because God gives us encounters primarily to communicate the gospel to other people. He's not going to waste an an encounter on someone who's not going to be living all out for him to serve him and to reach people for Jesus Christ. I believe that one of the reasons that God has permitted me to have many encounters and still does over the years is because of the, the passion in my life to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ and to fulfill the great commission to take this message to our nation and to the nations of the world. And that's why I believe at this conference, New Zealand and beyond, people are going to encounter God because God wants to empower a generation to take the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, right across this land, from the Cape to the Bluff, from the East to the West, to nation after nation after nation. And, uh, you know, encounters will empower us to do that. And uh, it's, it's going to help us to share and communicate the greatest story ever told. For God so loved the world, He sent His only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. We must use every means possible to get this message out, to rescue people from the jaws of hell and death, and transfer them, transfer them into the kingdom of heaven. With that heart... In your, in your life, with that passion and that burden, expect to encounter God and see your walk. Go with Him to a whole new dimension in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let's have the musicians, please.